I want to turn your attention to the Gospels, the book of Mark, the second chapter. It's twice here that what I planned on preaching is not what I'm going to preach. And so thanks for the liberty to just be me and just do what I feel. Mark chapter 2. I'm a, a, I think I'll just start reading at verse 1, okay? He entered, again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. Everybody say he was in the house. Pretty big he. We're talking about the Lord here straightway. Many were gathered together in so much that there was no room to receive them. No? Not so much as about the door. That place was packed. It was packed, man. And he preached the word unto them. And they, they come unto him. They, they come unto him. Bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. Had four guys carrying him, bringing him. When they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. When they had broken it up, they got it out of the way. They let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. (laughs) Jesus saw their faith. He said to that man sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven. Thee. You only go down a few verses. Verse 10, But that ye may know the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, go thy way into thy house. Would you pray with me for a little bit before we preach? God, we love you. Oh, we thank you for the reading of your word. We thank you for the excellence of teaching we've already heard. I'm asking you to help me preach. I want to preach with wisdom and clarity. Come on, that's it. Lift your voice and pray. Help us. Help us to hear from you. Glory to God. We love you, Jesus. Uh, I'm going to preach. I'm going to preach just a, a little simple thought here today um, about a breakthrough at home. Okay. Having a breakthrough at home. God bless you. you may be seated. Sometime this last year, Brother Woodward, I know you're a man of many emails like I am, and some of you in here, you don't have an email account to which I say, God bless you. You're doing good. Don't worry about it. I've got a person very close to me that told me, he said, I'm leaving this world without a computer. (laughs) He said, I came into the world without one, and I'm leaving without one. If that's you, that's fine. No problem. In my life, I've had to have one, and my previous profession when I was at headquarters in that youth ministry and I uh, we process a lot of emails and that's just the way workflow and some of you've done this a lot but I've got this 
beautiful little thing that I'm uh, connected to. She's my sweetheart, and her name's Rachel. And, and she's the smarter side of me. She's the uh, fiscally responsible, likes coupons, and likes this little thing called Groupons. My wife could sell anything and make money, and she will save money. That's a good problem. I do sometimes have to tell her 50% off still means 50% on. <laughs> I said, babe, we needed them. I opened up my bathroom pantry closet the other day, and there were seven bottles of hydrogen peroxide. I said, they make TV shows about people like this. <laughs> but she's not here, so I'll say whatever I want. And, and uh, yeah. But because she likes Groupon, I like Groupon. See what I'm saying there? Let's see if you can finish this. Happy wife. You're still here. It's cool how strong we can talk when we're with the guys. And then... Yeah, you know who you are. Your nervous laughter gives you away. But I got on my computer and I had a group on because I'm married to the beautiful Rachel. And it was interesting because it was a group on. Every now and then I'll get a good one. Something for local round of golf. Went on a group on one time on a fishing trip with my son. Group on. And it's a good thing because it was pitiful. I'm glad I got a deal. <laughs> but I opened up this email and it was a Groupon. I was intrigued. Find out what I was getting a Groupon for, and I was being offered at a discount rate at a coupon, Bishop. Land on Mars. <laughs> if that's not the stupidest thing. Ladies, ladies might like us to have the, the coupons. And my wife was pretty pleased when I have the coupons. And I, I, I printed that one out. <laughs> I found our greatest deal. Gentlemen, I need to tell you something. Most men are being sold false reality. And think they're getting it at a discounted rate. I need to tell you something. There is nothing worth your soul. And just in case you think building that new house is actually what's going to fulfill you. You might as well buy land on Mars. And just because you're in the middle of a midlife crisis and she winked at you and made you feel like you were 25 again, I got news for you. Hair plugs won't do it. And you going to the tanning bed, God forbid, or trying to hit a crash diet and do sit-ups in your living room, you might as well buy land on Mars. Because there's only one thing that's going to bring fulfillment, and that's if we can actually get a breakthrough in our home. Yes. 
So on that simple foundation, I want to talk about this story a little bit because I, I love the thought that some guy's roof gets tore up. I love that they're packed into the house. I asked this last night and I feel as I prayed last night, prayed again this morning, I, I feel to ask it right now. Don't you think that when he is present, it should draw a crowd? I mean that really, not just as a cliche or as a, let me say something and try to get your response. Don't you think if Jesus actually shows up, we can fill the house? I want you to know, I don't believe that our churches should be struggling. Brother Lovell and I, we were talking about it last night, weren't we? While there's other churches, and I would not speak negative about anyone, but while Lutheran and Methodist churches and some of these other churches are closing up, you want to know who's buying up those buildings and receiving those? We are. We are. You want to know why we are? Because we preach the name that is above every other name. In our churches, we preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And because we preach Him, He shows up. And when He shows up, people are healed, people are delivered, people are set free. And so it should not astound us. Here's what should bother us. When people don't show up. Now listen, that's not a blanket statement. Some people are trying very hard. They're working to pastor and not drawing a crowd. So I'm not coming after your church today. I'm coming after your house. After your house. I would love to have been the guy. We get a couple instances like this in the text. We get another one in the Gospels of Mary and Martha having Jesus and the guys over for for dinner and that's a fun story but I would love to be the guy who convinced his wife that Jesus was coming and the house is full of people you got people everywhere tracking everything in got stuff on their sandals we got crusty toes all over the place how many have your friends over you got a bargain with your wife to have your friends over you you know it's the kind of thing you slip in in between bites yeah, I agree with you completely. Frank's coming over Tuesday. And I think that we should. So you can say later, I told you at lunch that he was coming over. She don't want him to come over. He has a gas problem. He has, a, he has an eating problem. This house is full of people. It's packed. It's packed. In fact, there are so many people that they cannot get them through the door. Can't get anyone. The house is full of people. I want to pause and say there are some dangers of good church. Here's one of the greatest dangers of good church. When the church is so good that we've started worshiping good church and not God. <laughs> Hear me right now. Being full is not our goal. Being full of Him is our goal. Is that all right? Our job, our job is not to say we had a full house. Our job is to say we had an experience with Christ. 
this, this story is giving us the understanding probably there was such a full house. Theologians tend to agree because of the miracles. We've just walked through a scenario where demons have been cast out. It's drawing a crowd. You want deliverance? Get them to Jesus. He's off the main road. He's pressed into a house. And it's very, very much showing us that the early start of revival was in home revival. I told our young ministers in the first session, it bothers me if the first thing you think of when you think ministry is this. Ministry is service. And so it drew them into the house. And here they've got a packed house and everybody is in there. They're in there listening. And Jesus is teaching the Word. Do you think... Let me ask you a question. Do you think Christ did not know they might bring him today? There's this beautiful thing that we have. It's detrimental too, but it's called free will. How many know there were times that you could have chose right, but you chose? Or you could have chose wrong, but thank God you. That's the way this predestined thing works. It was... Uh, put together so you had the opportunity. It is His desire that you serve Him, but your free will. By your free will. And so I see it, I always see this playbook of heaven, kind of this penciled in opportunity. They might bring Him. I want to hear the grunting of the guys getting upstairs. Lift your end. Pick your end. I won't do this in here. I'd like to have four guys carry some guy. That's what I'd like to do in this room. Somebody say, I can't. I've got a back problem. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, our problem is apostolic men. We don't have a back problem. We have a backbone problem. But it's typically not physically. It's spiritually. <laughs> we watch movies we can't live out. We let our kids walk out of the door wearing stuff. <laughs> Come on. So here we are at a place. We got these four guys. They show up at the house and they're bringing someone that's car- they're carrying because he cannot get to Jesus. And they decide they're going to take him up onto the roof. And most of you would understand the construction and what we're dealing him here. Most likely, I... It says they break it up. Most likely it was, it was thatch and it was mud and it was able to be opened up. And there seems to be a little uh, teaching element. But even if it was some kind of a shingled scenario by tile, they begin to bust it up. If I want to see any face in that whole room, I want to see the owner of the house's face. <laughs> he was like, because one minute before that he was grinning. Like, look at all these people in my house. <laughs> Bill, I can't believe you had Jesus to your house. Yeah, it's the kind of thing I do. It's the kind of thing I do. I just love to have Jesus over. I didn't know he knew. Yeah, we're, we're like this. We're like this. And about that time, dirt starts falling. Because really inviting Jesus in will mess your stuff up. You'll find it's really hard for his kingdom to be exalted and your kingdom to stay intact. 
I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I really do. It'll be hard for your house to stay the way it's been if you really let him be the ruler there. But you'll find out, you'll find, <laughs> you'll find out whether you really want him in your house when he starts messing with your house. And all of a sudden, here comes thatch dropping down out of the ceiling. Can you, that's supreme audacity. Brother Woodward, I like really respect you, but if you crawl on my roof, And without my request, you start ripping shingles. And I hear you pull out a buzzsaw. <laughs> now you say what you want, that's some audacity. But they weren't there because that was that man's house. They were there because Jesus was there. And notice the first thing that happens. Is it okay if I'm talking to you? You okay if I just talk? Notice the first thing that happens before they ever get him to Jesus. What did they have to do? He could not do it. We see him in a, I, I see him kind of on a cot just being carried. He's laying there. On, thank God, I think it was a flat roof. Because if that had a pitch on it, my man is in trouble. <laughs> but it doesn't say that he slid off, so I think we got a flat roof scenario. And I've done some study on that. I'm trying to be humorous, but I... I see him laying there and the first thing they have to do, they have to start tearing up this roof. So here's this guy. I watched, in my mind, this is how it happens. Even Jesus stops talking. I see this little smile come across his face. Because he knew they had a breakthrough in them if they wanted it. The guy who owns the house is nervous. He's looking at Jesus. Jesus stops talking. Everybody's looking up. I can hear his wife from the other room. <sighs> Every time your friends come over, something gets Every time. Uh, I'm hearing some of this for the first time too. They bust that, they bust that roof up. And they're about to let that man in. Notice this. I cannot get my friend to God until I get a breakthrough first. Because they were well-bodied. They could have stood at the door. And it sounds like they were fairly strong. They probably could have fought their way through the crowd. The problem was somewhere along the road, they got it. It probably isn't all about me. The tragedy of the apostolic man is that you got to keep praying through every single week and you never reach anybody else. Gentlemen, hear me in this room. At some point, we're going to be judged for what we did with what we knew. We're going to be judged with what we did for what we knew. And we've shouted in this place, and I'm talking to you level-headed so that you don't clap, respond. I, listen, doing this for a long time. I know how to make my voice sound the right way to maybe get you to respond. I'm just talking as level as I possibly can so that you'll hear me and nobody can outclap your ability to hear what I'm saying right now. Because we shouted last night and we've already shouted today and we've prayed and sought God about wanting our families to have revival. But if I'm going to really be a man, I need to know that their breakthrough is contingent on mine. If he's going to get touched... If my friend 
that cannot get to Christ on his own, he cannot get touched if I don't have a breakthrough personally. At some point, I've got to have the kind of breakthrough that not only helps me, but begins to affect other people. And if we're not careful, most of our break, please hear me, most of our breakthroughs are focused on us. Trying to teach us this morning, real spiritual breakthroughs, Brother Bounds, are with other people in mind. If my, spirit, if my breakthrough prayer is just that, God, please help me be saved again, at what point do we grow out of this? How many of you dads, how many of you dads hated changing diapers? Be honest. You hated? You, you hated it. Come on, some of you are lying right now. Most of you are... If you're a guy in here that enjoyed changing diapers, we have a separate session for you that's starting... <laughs> Nobody, nobody liked it, but you dealt with it. I remember the first, my first child just graduated. Isn't that hard to believe? I got a graduate. God have mercy. So my oldest son, he just graduated. But I can remember him being little and, and uh, when he was just a baby. I, I don't know why. I'm, hopefully I can say this kind of stuff on tape. It's true. We're just guys in here anyway. But uh, when he was just little, Brother Hurley, cleaning that diaper wasn't bad. I mean, it, was, it wasn't enjoyable, but it wasn't bad. But even just a few months down the road, that stuff got worse and worse. When it came diaper changing time, I was busy. I found that if you answer just right from the other room, can't right now. Just make it sound busy. But I dealt with it when they were little. And I don't mean to be insensitive, okay? I don't mean to be insensitive. But it was one thing when they were, when Canaan was an infant and I was changing his diaper. But Canaan's 18 years old. And if my wife called me and said, hey, I need you to come in. Or if Canaan called me and said, Can I talk about this? pause the tape if you need to. Canaan called me thanking God that he doesn't have some kind of physical impairment and so I'm not trying to be insensitive but if my son who is well bodied and physically stout and likes to talk about the fact he's got a six pack God blast him <laughs> if he calls me on the phone he has his little cell phone called me and said dad I'm ready for you to wipe me I'm going to tell you right now, there's no way I'm walking downstairs saying, oh, man. I'm not trying to be crass. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm really not. But I'm telling you this because there was, we, we taught him how to mature out of that. Guys, at some point, we have to mature out of acting like we don't know how to grow in God. What? When we come to church, when we come to church, none of those fatherless statistics apply to us unless we abandon Him. And so when we come to church, 
when the worship leader has to be a cheerleader to get us to move? Men, we're very guilty. We treat, we treat preaching with a grade card. Oh, I've heard that before. Well, good for you. And you still haven't changed the way you act. Pastor, I remember when you preached that three years ago. Still got it notated in my Bible. You preached that three years ago. And sometimes pastor wants to look back and say, and you still don't know how to wipe. Is it too crass? I don't mean to be. I'm just trying to talk to men. Listen, men of God, listen. This is not about us just trying to stay safe. You got co-workers that are going to hell unless you make this breakthrough about more than you. This has got to be, thank God, let's keep our marriages together. But at some point, this has got to be about more than my marriage and your marriage and my kids and your... There are people in our cities that cannot get to him unless we do something about it. There's people in the local prison. There's people in the local jail. Yes, there are. But there are also people in the local construction site that you work with, in cubicles next to you, at the steel mill by you. There's people everywhere. And they might not look paralyzed, but spiritually they have no idea how to get to him. But you know where he's at. You know what house he can be found in. And you know how to break through and get them to God. I'm going to preach it like I feel it right now. So we will scream at the television about our team, but we will not have a breakthrough spiritually and get someone to God. Men, we need a breakthrough that is bigger than for ourselves. Yes, I want a breakthrough for me, but I need the kind of breakthrough that will help get someone else to the feet of Jesus. I need the kind of break, the kind of home breakthrough. We don't need a break in, we need a breakthrough that will help us get someone to God. But you cannot win someone to God if you cannot keep yourself saved. Be seated. If we're not careful, we think that our greatest requirement is to get to heaven and say, <laughs> I made it. I know you're tickled to see me. I made it. I love what you said in that last session about where we put our emotions. You ever been in a fight with your wife on the way to church? <laughs> Be in a fight on the way to church. Just getting after it on the way to church. Get out of the door. Shut it a little bit up. How are you doing? How are you? Are you good? How are you? Oh, I'm too blessed to be stressed. I am too blessed to be stressed. I am, I am good. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. Uh, 
but I can't control my temper. Can't control my emotions. <laughs> That's a lie from hell. It's just where we give our emotions. I'm telling you what I think God is expecting of apostolic men in this hour. To get some shingles under our hands that do more than try to build our dream. Because we're being sold this American dream, so to speak, since we are in the United States of America. But I have a feeling the Canadian one is about the same. If you drive the right car and if you live in the right house and if you can get in the right subdivision and if you can buy the right boat and if you can have the right toys, happiness, happiness, happiness. I'm going to tell you the truth is, recent study in the United States said the average home that made $250,000 annually was living paycheck to paycheck. Because it's not about what you're making, it's where you're putting what you're making and how you're living. And you can't buy happiness. You hear me right now. You can't buy fulfillment. You can't buy joy. That's not the way this works. But if you really, I'm talking to some men in here right now that have turned that anger inwards and it's been manifest as depression. If you really want to find joy, get you a Bible study and find you a friend that wants to hear what you have to say. Listen. I love this because men will say things like, I'm not really outgoing. I've heard you talk sports. I've heard the same men that tell me they don't have the personality to reach people. I've heard them rattle off stats. If you knew as many verses as you did... Come on, this isn't hard preaching. I'm, I'm, I'm smiling. This isn't tough. But if you knew as many verses as you did stats you might show that you were actually a bigger fan of Christ than you were your football team listen if you're a West Virginia fan I hope they win I hope you get to sing your Mountaineer song and everybody gets to have a good luck I'll cheer along with you I hope you enjoy it I hope you have fun but at the end of the day who you talk to if you can name every person on the starting roster you know, every, you know every college. Man, I'm going to get in this because I'm in it anyway. I'm already deep enough and I'm leaving state. So if you don't like me, they don't ever have to have me back. But you better listen to me right now, man of God. You know every young adult playing on that team. You know what hometown they're from. You know what their parents do. You're so into it. You know what they ate for dinner yesterday. You're involved. And yet you got teenagers that walk into your local church you haven't even talked to. Don't know their name. Don't know the struggles in their life. We got fatherless kids walking into our churches and we know more about some kid that's carrying a pigskin down the 100 yard line than we do about the kids. That's not our job. I need a breakthrough so they can have a breakthrough. How do I expect our teenagers to worship if I won't worship? How do I expect them to have revival if I won't have revival? So make fun of me if you want to. But I'm going to tear the roof off of this thing. I'm going to break through this thing so that somebody else can get to Jesus. And that's what this is about. If we're really going to have revival in our churches, our apostolic men are going to have to tear the roof off of this thing and say, God, help us get people to you. I want you to lift your voices all over this place.
Come on, men of God, lift up those holy horns. I understand we need a good kids ministry and I, I believe in youth ministry if you know me at all but I'm going to tell you the revival that would shake us right now is if we could get powerful godly men godly men I feel a moment I want us to pray I just I just feel like somebody can feel the material you can feel the thatch under your fingers you've been apprehensive you've been nervous but you got somebody close to you that's counting on your breakthrough come on if I don't tear the roof off of this how are they ever going to get to Jesus Come on, somebody needs a breakthrough right now. I'm preaching this because most of you are in somebody else's house. You're in somebody else's church. This isn't where you normally attend. But right here in this house, at this setting, you need a breakthrough here. Because somebody else's salvation is dependent upon it. Stand with me. I want to keep preaching, but I'm arrested. We need our men being used in the gifts of the Spirit. But part of the reason we're not being used in the gifts of the Spirit is because we're not operating and bearing the fruit of the Spirit. We want to see His gifts, but we don't bear His fruit. We want to have tongues and the interpretation of tongues. We want to have that kind of word of wisdom, but the truth is we don't have gentleness and meekness. It's dangerous to have gifts without fruit. They get him down to the feet of Jesus. We got thatch laying on the floor. We got dirt laying everywhere. Jesus is smiling. People around are watching. One guy that's standing at the door is like, man, I should have done that. I didn't realize front row seats were through the roof. And Jesus messes with them. Jesus knew the heart when only only thing everybody else could see was the body. All they had focused on was his flaws. That's why it's not as important if you walk in looking like you've got it all together. The crowd isn't ready, Pastor. Bounds, they're not ready. Because he goes, Your sins are forgiven. And Jesus, listen, room full of people, room full of men trying to have a breakthrough. I want you to teach, see what Jesus taught them here. Most important lesson you can learn 
is that the greatest gift you can give is forgiveness. Because if I heal your legs, but let you walk out of here, you'll still be crippled. There's men under the sound of my voice. God talked to me before I came here, and he's talked to me since I've been here. That the number one ailment in your life, and the number one reason you can't have a breakthrough, is because you won't forgive. You said, you said you forgive them but you won't even sit on the same side of the church with them. You're wondering why you can't get a breakthrough in your house. It's because you can't even get a breakthrough in your heart. He said, I forgive. I forgive them. Your sins are gone. Some people in the room, they got bothered by that, didn't they? Brother Bounds, they got bothered. Who is this? How would you say you forgive sins? Jesus starts to talk to him. It's easier. You think it's easier? You think this is a problem? He knew it's actually easier for me to forgive what people can't see than it is to heal what people can see. Because at the end of the day, as a man, you've got to walk out of this room and only you know whether you carry bitterness out of this place with you. And you can come in, let Brother Nehemiah get, and you can do all that. Woo! 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 But you show up at the restaurant and they walk in. Yeah, come on. Yeah. I don't know why he mistreated you all those years ago, but you got to let it go. I don't know why she walked away from you. But you got to let it go. I don't have an answer for why they abused you. Like I don't have an answer. I don't have an answer for why it was allowed. I could try to give you some deep theological explanation. We could talk about the theology of suffering. But at the end of the day, all I know is, I don't know. But I do know this. If you don't forgive, you are not like him. Lift your hands with me. Man, I'm so stirred what I feel. If somebody feels like you can do it right now, I want you to begin to tell him, God, I'm going to let it go. Since I need you to forgive me, I'm going to forgive them. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go. I don't know why she had that affair, but you got to let it go. I don't know why they cheated you out of that money, but you've got to let it go. I don't know why they fired you. I don't know why you lost the job. I, I don't know, but you've got to forgive and you've got to let it go.
I wouldn't say this if I didn't feel so strongly impressed in the Holy Ghost. But there's some people in this room right now, you're wondering why your relationship with your children is so terrible. It's because you won't let go what happened between you and your parents. You haven't meant to, but you've manifest that. You have planted that. Jesus was trying to teach a room full of men. What good is it if he walks, if he does not walk in forgiveness? What good is it if his feet can step on dirt, but they're not ready to step on gold? Breakthrough in my home starts with a breakthrough in my heart. And a breakthrough in my heart will lead to a breakthrough that's effective for others and not just me. Your children, your children can and will live for God. Your backslidden brother can and will come. That estranged relationship can be. Come on, that alcoholic friend or relative that's like a paralytic that's on the cot. The only way they can get to Jesus is if you'll really, really have a breakthrough. Come on, I don't want anybody, I don't want you to pray this out today. I just want you right where you're at to try to tear through this a little bit. I want you to just break through this a little bit. I don't want you to pray it out. I want you to pray it in. I want you to grab a hold of this. I felt that right there, the person that said, I've tried to forgive them, but it's so hard. I've tried to let it go, but they keep hurting me. They are not the keeper of your emotions. What they said to you, what they did to you, they are not the keeper of your emotions. God is the one who's given you those emotions and He has given you the strength to deal with it. I'm going uh, to make a call that is very challenging. It's very challenging and some will not want to come, but I'm doing this intentionally. I'm doing it because I feel directed. If you know there is someone or something, and this has nothing to do with even personal reconciliation with them, but you just need to let it go. Just from... been preaching for 20 some years if I've ever stood in it I'm in it you need today to be the day that you just finally forgive that you just decide they don't get any more headspace. they don't get any more of the corridors of your mind or the secret places of your heart but you're, you're, you're ready to be done with hurting 
you're ready to be done with trying to let that unforgiveness fester and let that bitterness continue to bite. If that's you, this is a very transparent call. We don't want you to tell us what happened, who it was, what they did, who she was, who he was, who the boss was. I don't know. But if you say, I'm ready for this to be different after today, I want you to just step out of your pew and I want you to walk down and stand next to me at this altar. Just come, just come down to this altar. God's going to heal some old hurts today. I don't know why it happened. I don't know why you endured it. But you can let go of it. It doesn't get to keep you. I want every person in this room, lift your hands, stretch your... In fact, I wish I'd have a bunch of you come up and move in around them and begin to lay hands on people right now. I feel healing.